Welcome back, everyone. This is Eric Elfson, and as you know, we're kind of partway into a series that I'm calling Get Ready, um, where I'm asking the question of school leaders, what are you thinking about? What are you prepping for as we get ready for the restart of school, hopefully in the fall? And today I'm with a, a friend, a senior fellow for CASE, and then president of Chattanooga Christian School, Chad Dirksy. So, Chad, I'm just going to throw it to you. I know it's been a crazy day already because we've been talking about it. But what is, what is it that you're thinking about as you prepare to get ready for um, the next school year? Hey, thanks, Eric. It's good to uh, be with you and talk about this. I, I think there's a lot of things I think about, so I want to preface it by saying that, that, that this is just in this moment and this question. I think I'm a, I'm a big believer in the value of times like this to help us harness the power of innovation to really grow and develop. Uh, some of the things I, I struggle with right now are just the volume of innovation that, that we're going to be facing. And there's the, the, the instructional side, the teaching and learning side, which is who we are. And we should be thinking really carefully about that. And you all have done some great things on your podcast about that already. There's also the operational side now of how do we deal with things like compliance and, and health and safety um, and changes to the way even we move around our campus during the school day that, that may be the, the, the right things, but that are forced upon us in a, in a really short period of time to plan and adapt to how do you get your whole organization to move forward in those things at a time where we're also going into summer and rightly teachers uh, like their summers and want to take a break. So how do you manage all that innovation in a way that's digestible so that those things are rightly done, but they don't detract from the important teaching learning pieces that we have to do as well. So when you think about like prepping for the school years, especially from the organizational side, what are a couple of those innovations where it's like this has to happen or we got to think differently about this that's going to allow us to welcome kids back on campus? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, and, and, you know, one of the things and you hear about in the media all the time is, is what's the role of contact tracing? How does that keep people safe? The data information that we collect about student and really in this situation, family health, uh, how do you do that while complying with HIPAA guidelines, uh, but also being really careful about reporting that has to be done to local and regional and state health departments? Um, I think, and I, and I think I trust the experts in medical fields that say that's a big part of keeping our students and families safe. So we should take that really seriously. And for me, that looks like trying to find a way to link up with professional partners. So are there people out there because we don't have the full expertise and what that means with HIPAA and the backstops for reporting that don't expose people's individual information? How can we link arms as school organizations with those types of uh, medical organizations that do data and analytics and communication so that we can be freed if we're in that situation to trust somebody else to do all those things really well to keep students safe while we stay focused with the students that are on our campus uh, to, to do extraordinary teaching and learning. I think partnerships are going to be really, really important. Um, and I think we've got to be looking for those right now. And they're going to be costly. Um, but I think partnerships with with sectors outside of schooling are going to be critical, even more so than they've been in the past. So, so let me go a little deeper on that, too, because I think it's something that's interesting that I've been hearing a lot about, maybe in its multiple parts, and I'll let you take it wherever you want, because um, yeah, it is. Are, are you, when you look at budgetary things, 
I know you, you know, you mentioned that you're creating this partnership, you know, outside externally, um, but then also, are you going to bring any healthcare or like add any sort of, you know, staff this next year to kind of help you deal with screening or, or even just some of the triage that might happen on campus? And then maybe an odd question are, are, are like, what's, what's your take or what's your understanding or what are you thinking about in, in regards to just having faculty, staff, students wear masks while they're on campus? Yeah, that's a really loaded question for 10 minutes there, buddy. But, um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, we, we've taken the approach that we, we want to be fiscally responsible, but in this time, we really feel like it's mission critical uh, to show our, our families that we're adding value in the middle of this, that we're not folding up. Now, again, we, we can't spend money we don't have, but we're going to have to reprioritize in some areas and reallocate resources. And I believe take on some risk. That's difficult for schools because we're kind of risk averse, but to take on some financial risk to move ourselves into the future. So thankfully, our board has agreed to that. We, we have decided we were going to double our nursing staff. Um, I don't know how they are everywhere, but our our health department has said we have to have separate health clinic spaces for the typical bumps and bruises uh, and cuts and playground injuries from anyone who may have COVID related symptoms. That's gonna require additional staff to begin with. There's some question about whether we're gonna have to take temperatures of students before they come into the classrooms. Uh, how do we do that? So we've, we've had to buy touchless thermometers, not knowing for sure whether or not we're gonna to have to utilize them, but we need to get ahead of the supply chain because we're really committed to, to safely getting students back in an embodied experience because we've, like everyone else, have witnessed the cost of kind of that isolation and we wanna make that commitment to our families. So we don't wanna have not checked a box to do things and, and run into a supply chain problem because we, we waited until June to order something that, that we're not, not gonna be able to get for the start of the school year. So. Um, we do, we're working through the mask question right now, and I, I don't know the answers to that. I mean, I, I have a friend in a school that is going to, is likely going to order three separate masks, a blue one, a white one, and a gray one, um, because they're good for two hours, and then, and then have those students switch those masks throughout the course of the day. That, that I'll be honest, that was shocking as I was experiencing those comments, but not shocking in a sense that I felt like he was out of line for what they were considering. That's the other thing, and Eric, you've talked about this with me lots of times before. Right now, in my opinion, dense networks of, of people who you can collaborate with are even more important because we don't have time to come up with the, all these ideas on our own. So being able to sit with people and say, hey, I, we're going to do this, right? We hired Basecamp Health to do contract tracing and, and reporting and, and HIPAA guideline compliance. And then this other person says, well, here's what we're doing about, about health screenings or here's what we're doing about masks. And, and being able to fold in the ideas that other people are doing, because we just don't have the intellectual capacity uh, to make all these decisions without help from others. So I, I think dense networks right, of collaborators of other schools that are doing this are even more important than ever. So, so let me kind of build on that. And, and, and I know I didn't prep you for this question, and I hope it's not, I think, it, I think it's general enough that you'll be okay with it. But maybe what's one thing that you've learned about leadership in a new way, you know, during this time as you as you kind of prep for next year? Yeah, I, I, I've 
it's reinforced to me how important self-awareness is. I'm, I'm a more strategic na- person by nature. Um, challenges don't bother me. They're, they're just an opportunity to be, to be solved. And there's so much we can learn when we have to change. And I'm comfortable with that. Um, but that, that, that strategic approach can also be impersonal um, and can be overwhelming for folks that don't process that way. Um, so I've, I've really have to focus on thinking about everything I do as a leader, uh, through the lens of empathy and compassion, um, and always run everything through that lens. Now, some of you may say, well, Chad, you should have done that already anyway. I, I, I agree with that. I, I do agree. Um, but I think it's even more important as a leader. And then the other thing is we have a wonderful time right now, I think, because there's so many critical decisions we have to make to leverage the leadership capacity that's already in our buildings um, and, and go to them and say, hey, we think you have leadership potential. We're, we're gonna be passing lots of decisions down to the point of intersection and we'd love you to be involved in that. And you gotta be willing to work in the summer and we'll, we'll help compensate that. But you're also gonna be part of a, a group that's not just sharing ideas. You can't just criticize what's wrong. You have to come up with a credible alternative. So I, I think my staff's about ready to kill me for saying, hey guys, we don't have time just to define what's wrong. Say what you don't like about that, but then, but then also say in the same breath, a credible alternative. So empathy and compassion to pair with the strategic side, leveraging the leadership capacity within our buildings to make real life critical decisions that I think are gonna be amazing learning opportunities for those leaders. Um, and really making sure our discussions pair a concern, right? Critical feedback of something they don't like with the credible alternative. Chad, I'm so thankful for your wisdom, your time, your energy. You know, a lot of this learned expertise too, right? Mm-hmm. So thank you. Appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for what you're doing. I think it's really vital and important.